You know, we are, are, are here to, to worship our God. And, you know, I'm so thankful for the way that, that God gives special days like Mother's Day. And, uh, you know, it's great to, to see you all here. And uh, we have some, some guests that I, I want to recognize. Uh, our dear brother Walter and his wife, Mel Chanel who are sibling, or I'm sorry, this is Carla's oldest brother, serves as an elder and elder's wife in the Seattle church. They're here with us. Thank you for being here. We love you. And uh, they're not visitors, they just came back home for the weekend. But uh, Linson Falake, Joseph, there they are. They're home. She's in medical school down in the Caribbean. So welcome back. And I, and I know there's a few other uh, faces here visiting from, I think, the, the Boston church. Uh-oh, yes. Derek has a friend here, Olivia. How you doing? Again, I want to just welcome us all to the Garden State Church. Church should be fun, right? Not boring. But I want to, I want to just give it up for our, our worship team. Let's give them a hand. They do a phenomenal job every week. And, uh, you know, the way that Mama Clara, Clara came up here to just encourage us your, your life is an example and an inspiration to, to many. And we thank God for you. Uh, and then Beverly and Kara, uh, Beverly and, and Des, uh, you know, to see a mother-daughter combination happen in that way, it, it's just beautiful to see the faith. And uh, again, thank you for taking us to the cross and being reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And uh, I want to I want to give my wife a little shout out. She made every last one of those little bags that was handed out. Took the individual time to make those. Sari Murdoch, you're awesome. You rock. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, so I want to ask you to turn your Bibles to Second Kings for a moment. We're gonna have a Bible study here. Uh, and the, the, the title of today's lesson is Lessons from Mom. Lessons from Mom. And we're going to look at a special mom. You know, now, I am very, very blessed uh, to still have both of my grandmothers here with me on earth, with us. And my mom and my mother-in-law. Those are my four heroes in life. And I thank God for them because it's their life it's not what they say it's it's who they are and uh and and, and there's the love of my life sari and, and and daddy's little girl uh those are my girls those are my women in my life that i am just so thankful for because you learn lessons you learn the kind of man you want to be so my dog can say mm, no nah, he's not right um but you also learn a lot. You know, my grandma Murdoch 
had nine children, and she's outlived six of them. She had 18 siblings, and she's outlived 14 of them. And to still see her joy, to still see her passion, unbelievable. And my grandma Stackhouse is one of the sweetest women in the world. I think that I get, got a tenderness about me from her. She's always concerned about other people. And I love how she just, she cares deeply and she wants everybody to feel a part of the family. And when you grow up with two grandmas like that and then an awesome mom who uh, <laughs> loves you enough to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just, I feel so, so blessed. And I really wanna encourage us today that if your mom or your grandma's here or that mother type that's in your life, that you take time to let them know what you appreciate about them. Because believe me, they, uh, they, they need to hear that, not just on Mother's Day, but they just need to know that they've made a difference in your life. And, uh, and that, that always helps our heart when we uh, uh, give appreciation and, and gratitude. And um, again, I want to just thank the church because we have a lot of mother type figures, you know, that may not be um, moms uh, in, in themselves, but they're aunties, they're, they're mother type figures. And, and it's just admirable to, to be in a community where you uh, can, can connect in that way. But uh, let's read here and then... Uh, we're going to get into the lesson. Second Kings chapter four, starting verse eight. It says, one day, Elisha went to Shunem, where a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. Now that's what I call hospitality. Verse 11, one day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shulamite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you, you, have, uh, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. <laughs> what, what a description. Then Elijah called, said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elijah said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God. 
Don't mislead your servant. You know, she kind of gotten disappointed. She didn't want to get her hopes up high. And in that culture, that society, a woman barren was considered cursed. Verse 17, but the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elijah told her. The child grew, and one day he went out to his father who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. Verse 21, she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she, sat, so she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant, Gehazi, look, there's a Shunammite. There's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? She said, everything is all right. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Verse 28, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes. Elijah said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, don't answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elijah and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elijah reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on the couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got up on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eye, hand to hand. He stretched himself out on him. The boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed, stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elijah summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite, and he did. When she came, he said, take your son, she came in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. 
Then she took her son and went out. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word because truly it is powerful. Father, we are grateful for lessons, messages like this because this actually happened. And I pray as we look at your word that we can glean some, some truths that we can apply to ourselves today. We love you, Father. We thank you. And we pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to just learn some lessons here from the Shunammite mother. You know, this town was located in Issachar, which was southeast of Mount Carmel. I got a map here. There we go. I got a map there. So you, so you see where Mount Carmel's kind of up there. And so Shunan was like southeast of that. And like I said, about 30 miles away from Elisha. You know, this site or town was captured uh, by Egyptian pharaohs in 1450 BC. And then again, people came in, they captured the people in 1350. And then it was rebuilt. And the Israelites controlled this area under the leadership of Joshua. And if you remember, when David was old and he was dying, they, they had a woman named uh, Abishag. Thank you, brother. Not Abigail, Abishag, who was a Shunammite. And she kept David warm before he died. But this, this place was a, a, a pagan area. This was a town that was into pagan worship. And so for this woman to meet Elisha and to have the experience that she had, it was pretty impressive that she turned to God in the way that she did. You know, if you read the book of 2 Kings, and I encourage you, especially these chapters, chapters 4 through 7, you see amazing things that, that, that are happening, miraculous encounters between the followers of God and paganism. And you see this contrast where the prophets work and do miracles, but it's amongst the Gentile, the, the non-Jewish community, which helps you and I realize something that even in the Old Testament, God had a heart for all people. Because his people were acting up. They weren't following the plan. And so God's like, hey, well, let's help somebody else. But that's our God. He wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So I want to look at three things real quick. Number one, okay. Nope, that's not it. There we go. Here we go. Lessons from a mom, the Shunammite mom. Number one, she refused to give up. She refused to give up. 
when her son is brought to her and she's holding him and on her lap, she sees the last breath go out of him. She did not give up hope. For some reason, this woman believed that it was not over. And what she immediately does, where's the man of God? She went out looking for the man of God and she wasn't looking for him to come and do the funeral. Are you with me? This woman had real faith. I don't want you to come do the funeral. I got something else in mind. Have you ever felt hopeless? As a parent, have you felt hopeless about your kids? Are they gonna make it? Are they gonna do this? Are they gonna do that? You know, has the enemies got you so wrapped up in your emotions that you don't pray for them the way that you should or could? This woman did not give in spite of a hopeless situation. You know, someone once said that persistence is like wrestling a gorilla. You don't give up when you get tired. You give, <laughs> you give up when the gorilla gets tired. She refused to give up. Secondly, All right. She refused to be deterred or detained. You know, in this story here, it says she would not be deterred by her husband. The husband says, why, why are you going to go there? What, 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 what's the purpose? Her husband had already resigned. He's dead. It's over. He saw no reason to go to the man of God. But this didn't discourage the Shunammite mom. She said, can you give me a servant and a donkey? <laughs> now, this was 30 miles away from where she lived, where she was going. Mount Carmel was 30 miles away. And she told the servant, don't stop. Unless I let you know, I gotta go to the bathroom. And so she got on that donkey for 30 miles until she got to the man of God. And then when she gets there, like, what's going on? And she says, everything is all right. You know, you sometimes read the Bible and it's like, what? What did she say? What, 
what was what's going on here everything is all right even though i just lost my my one and only son everything is all right you know creation tells us don't mess with the mother bear when it comes to her cubs. You know that? You wanna get in trouble? You wanna have a fight? Get between a mom bear and her cubs. You know, I know some moms that can be bear-like <laughs> when you try to mess with their cubs. I love though, I love to see, especially my wife, the way she is with our kids. Man, they know they are well protected. <laughs> In fact, they try to play us against each other, you know. We ain't going there. But let me ask you a question. Have you allowed situations or people to deter or detain you when it comes to your prayers for your children. See, we have to have this attitude in us, this refuse to lose mentality that I'm not giving up. I'm not gonna allow what I see, what I don't see. I'm not blaming anybody for my kids being where they are. I'm not blaming my spouse. I'm not blaming the church. I'm not, I'm not blaming anything or anybody. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna continue to pray to the one who they need to get to know. I'm gonna continue to pray to the one who's greater than their hearts. I'm gonna continue to go to the one who made them. That was going on inside of this woman. She was determined to seek out the best for her dead son, which in some ways didn't make sense. But you know what? Faith doesn't make sense. Let's keep going. She refused to let go. I love this part. She gets to, uh, she gets to Elisha and she goes and she grasps his feet. You got to picture this woman who's been on a donkey for 30 miles, gets to her destination, which is somewhere up in the mountains, gets off the donkey and she goes to the man of God and she's grasping his feet. She refused to let go until she got the answer that she was looking for. But here's the thing about that. Look at what it says back here in the scripture. In verse 30, but the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, meaning she's talking about Elisha, I will not leave you. 
See, sometimes we forget who's here, who's in control, who's ruling all things. She understood it. The man of God, it's this God, this God that he's serving, that's who I'm staying with. And she was grasping and holding on because she knew you can do it. Or your God can do it. He's all powerful. We've seen it. As surely as the Lord lives and as you live. To her, the fact that there was a living God was all that she needed to understand. And where that living God was, she wanted to stay and be in his presence. She believed this living God could give life again to her son. See, have you taken hold of God in prayer for not just your children, but for life, for everything that we need or feel like we need? Because God says, I've given you everything for life and godliness. But are you holding on, especially when it seems hopeless? Because that's where the real test comes in. It's not what happens to us. We already know Jesus says in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble in the church. You're going to have trouble in your marriage. You're going to have trouble with your kids and society. This world is troublesome. Right? I don't have to convince you of that. The question is, what do we do? do because of that situation are we holding on and praying to the one who can do something about the hopelessness in our world in our marriage in our situation have you refused to let go of him until he answers I want you to jot this down. Uh, Matthew chapter 15. You know, there's a story about Jesus here. And, and in verse 22, he says, a Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him. So now we're going New Testament. Crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, man, Jesus, that sounds kind of harsh and rude. The woman, look at the response. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me. Help me, she said. Verse 26. Matthew 15, 26, he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to dogs. Yes, yes it is, Lord, she said, even the dogs 
eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. You know, there is something about not giving up that impresses God. This woman could have got her feelings hurt. How dare you say that to me? That is so rude. That is so that, right? Sometimes we can be sensitive. Somebody say something to us and we cut them off. I'm not talking to you again. You are on the list. Right? Because we get our feelings hurt. Man, what was, what was going on here? Was Jesus testing this woman? Was he seeing how, how bad does she really want it? I'm not really sure exactly, but I know she got what she wanted because she was persistent, because she went to the one who could do something about it, and he did it. Just like this Shunammite woman, she got what she wanted. She received her request. Why? Because she refused to give up. She refused to be deterred. She refused to let go. The Shunammite mom received what she was seeking. Can you imagine how she felt when she went up to that room and she heard, I chew, I chew, I chew, I chew, I chew, I chew. And the boy came back to life. Can you imagine how she felt? God is real. He is alive. He can bring back the dead. He can bring something to life that hasn't been going well. Hey, you might be struggling in your faith right now. Well, the time is to turn to God, to go back to his word, to hear what he's saying to you, to decide, not only am I going to believe it, I'm going to act like I believe it. I'm going to act on what I'm hearing. You know, Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. The Bible says, then Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home, brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, children, field, and mothers, and in the age to come, eternal life. You know, one of the beauty, most beautiful things I love about the church here in the Garden State and being around for some time is you get to uh, ex 
extend your family. And we have, and I, I feel, I have lots of mothers, lots of sisters, lots of brothers. I'm Uncle Russ. <laughs> I got some nephews, nieces. And, and for someone that comes from a big family, man, you, you know, you, you get that, you know? But there's nothing like the spiritual family. You know, when I was doing this lesson, a sister popped into my mind that I thought she exemplifies exactly what the, the scripture is talking about. And you know, that sister's Lorraine Langevin. Let me tell you why. Lorraine has been a faithful disciple for decades. And it's so encouraging because when it's one thing for you to say something, but it's a whole nother thing when your kids say it. And she's got three adult children who have now families. And, 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 and I, asked, I was thinking about this and I said, what is, Lorraine makes a relationship with God attractive. It's attractive. And what God has done in her life is simply amazing. Now, here's the funny thing. Man, there's a, multiple women in this room that could be on this screen right now. So please don't be struggling with envy or jealousy. Because <laughs> your picture ain't up there. Your time is coming. No. <laughs> but what? But that's, that's who's in this room. That's who's in this community. And that's what I love. So I, I reached out to, to uh, Rebecca, who's in the central ministry. And I said, hey, you think you could help me out? And so she did this for me. And so this is for you, Lorraine. Don't be deterred. <laughs> our, our mom, like she is special. She is one of a kind. Uh, she really uh, selfless throughout her life, life to this point. And always. always Willing to, to sacrifice, to, you know, you know, make a lot, a lot of better, better, you know, you know, open doors, doors, you know, you know, for faith, for prayer, praying, 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 praying,
leaves it, leaves it, says it, says it, acts, acts, lives to it, to it, she, her acts, her acts, her acts, her words, her words, those are the things that help me with my walk with Christ and encourage me all of it, her same, her same path. And you know, you know, the reason why we're so close as a family, family, because of her, she is the glue.
You know, when you, you hear videos like that, you don't have to say anything. Because life is speaking louder than anything that Lorraine says. You know, today the lessons from the Shunammite mom teach us that God will honor our persistence for our children. Particularly our persistence in prayer. We must refuse to give up, even if there appears to be no hope. We must refuse to be deterred or detained from prayer. And we must refuse to let go of God when we are waiting for his answer. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms and to God be the glory. Amen.